This is Robert from Nostalgic Radio Cars. Like most of you, I drive a car or a truck. Well, occasionally, I need tires or just a simple plug or patch. Well, my friends down at Just Tires is the place to go when that need arises. Give them a call at 727-585-9271. They have a convenient location right at 1645 Clearwater Largo Road. You can't miss them. So for all your tire needs, cars, trucks, trailers, new, used, or just a repair, give Just Tires a call. 727-585-9271. Oh, yeah, and be sure and check out their website, JustTires.net. Do you ever feel the need for speed? Well, experience the thrill of indoor karting at Tampa Bay Grand Prix, located at 12350 Automobile Boulevard in Clearwater. Call 727-527-8464. They have state-of-the-art electric carts racing around a quarter-mile road circuit. Bring your family, friends, and teammates for some speed, fun, and competition at Tampa Bay Grand Prix Indoor Karting Facility. Call 727-527-8464. Visit their website at tampabaygp.com. If you just sign here, Mr. Bond. It's the insurance damage waiver for your beautiful new car. Will you need collision coverage? Yes. Fire? Probably. Property destruction? Definitely. Personal injury? I hope not, but accidents do happen. They frequently do with you. Well, that takes care of the normal wear and tear. Do I need any other protection? Only for B007, unless you bring that car back in pristine order. Shall we? Shall we? Your new BMW 750. All the usual refinements. Machine guns, rockets, the GPS tracking system. Welcome. Please fasten seatbelt and obey all instructions for a safe trip. Thought you'd pay more attention to a female voice. I think we've met. I am not interested in your sordid escapades. Let's get on with it, shall we? Your new telephone. Talk here, listen here. So that's what I've been doing wrong all these years. Huh? Look, it also includes a fingerprint scanner and a 20,000-volt security system, and this I'm particularly proud of. The remote control for your car. Tap twice. One, two. Now, draw your finger very slowly across the pad to drive the car. Well, it's surprisingly difficult to drive, but uh, with practice... Mm-hmm. Well, let's see how she responds to my touch, thank you. Understand each other? <laughs> Grow up, 007. Welcome. You are tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. Run to your computers and Google TamTalk1340.com, and you can see us. Well, you can see us live in the studio. Technically, you should be able to, but we're still we're in the middle of a thunderstorm here. So, for all you listeners, if we do have any issues, it's because we are in the lightning capital of the world. So, we've got cell phone going, we've got wires all over the place, uh, phones, plugs, microphones. All kinds of gadgets dangling all over the place. Duct tape, electrical tape, tie wraps, extension cords, major hazard. Looks like a room full of spaghetti right now. 
But anyway, like I said, and then be sure and check out our website, GulfstreamMotorsports.com. If you've missed any of our past shows, check out our podcast, Nostalgic Radio and Cars. You can see all of our shows for the last three and a half years. And don't forget to like us on Facebook. We've got a great show for you tonight. We've got some cool music. We've got a very special guest coming on a little bit later. And as usual, there's a few events going on that I'd like to mention. Let's see, what do we got going on here? Well, tomorrow, obviously, uh, for all those local guys, you know, we got Quaker Steak and Lube. That's every Thursday over there on 49th Street. That's usually a lot of fun. Now, I'm not sure about this weather, though. You know, we're into the rainy season here, so it's hard to say. Uh, next month, don't forget the uh, DuPont Cars and Coffee. It's always the third Saturday of the month. But here's the big stuff. This weekend, hopefully, weather permitting, okay, we got Blast Friday, courtesy of our friends over there at uh, Ruth Eckert Hall. That's in downtown Clearwater. We got the Robin Zander Band this Friday. It starts at 530, so that should be a lot of fun. You know, it's a block party. It's a lot of fun, you know, for all those local guys up here in Clearwater. And Robin Zander was the formerly, I believe, the lead singer for Cheap Trick. My guys in the, uh, hey, Cedric, hey, Bobby, how you doing? They're all nodding yes, so they're making sure I say the right thing as usual. You know how it goes. But the big thing, the big thing that we're working on is Tim Allen is going to be at Ruth Eckert Hall Thursday, July 25th. So we're working on trying to get Tim Allen on the radio show. It would be a great treat to have him on because, hey, if there's ever a really serious car guy uh, in the world of entertainment, it's definitely Tim Allen. Okay, so uh, something else is going on next month, also July 28th at uh, Ruth Eckert Hall, is the Monkees are live in concert. So that should be pretty cool. And uh, so anyway, for more information on this kind of stuff, these events going on, uh, check out RuthEckertHall.com. So, Cedric, how are we doing in there? He's got to put his ears on. We're good. We're ready. We're ready? Okay, good. Well, I'll tell you what. We got anything spinning around on the uh, turntable right now? We do. We do. All right, let's play the first song. We'll come back. We'll do a little jaw jacking, and then uh, we'll get our guests on the show here pretty soon. Now, this song is uh, One Thing Leads to Another by The Fix. As a matter of fact, a couple weeks ago, or last month I think it was, or month before last, The Fix was actually here on uh, Blast Friday, downtown Clearwater. So enjoy the song right out of the 80s. from Bond Speed Wheels and Street Riding Custom Radio. You're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork. 
or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kurt, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. Hey, this is Ted Nugent celebrating the American dream on Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Your pizza shop located at 1200 8th Avenue Southwest in Largo offers a great selection of personalized pizzas, pastas, and calzones, as well as delicious wings, subs, salads, and tasty desserts. Enjoy the relaxing atmosphere and scenic view overlooking Pinecrest Golf Course. Remember, for the finest pizza anywhere, takeout, delivery, or catering, call 581-1101. That's 581-1101. Or order online at yourpizzashop.com. Okay, we're back, and you're tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. You know, I'm looking out the window, and it's still raining. So uh, how's that mess in there? We still got all the spaghetti running around down there on the ground? Oh, man. Yeah, you have you have no idea. It's, <laughs> it's only going to get crazier tonight. <laughs> Speaking of spaghetti, which reminds yeah. me of food, which reminds me of Italian, I want to welcome a new sponsor to our radio show, Your Pizza Shop. Yes, Your Pizza Shop. It really is. That's the name of the shop, okay? It's right there in Largo. As a matter of fact, we used to drive by that on the way home. It's right by, right across from Taylor Park in Largo. And uh, you talk about some good food. My son and I regularly, every week, it's a ritual that we go get pizza, right? And uh, so we're always looking for, you know, looking to check out all the pizza shops in town. And we've checked out just about everyone in town. But uh, we stumbled on this one. It's amazing. We drive by it every once in a while. And we said, you know, one of these days we're going to stop in there. So we finally stopped in there a few weeks ago. And the owner's name is Mark. So, Mark, if you're listening, just a big shout out to you. They've got some amazing pizza. They got thin and crispy, which is kind of like my favorite and my son's. And then they got uh, the thick pan pizza. And they've got other stuff. They've got wings. They've got salads. They've got calzones. They've got a great menu. So if you get a chance, go over there, visit my friends, Mark, and the rest of the crew at Your Pizza Shop in Largo. They're located at 1200 8th Avenue Southwest, right across from Taylor Park, right next door to the Pinecrest Golf Course. Really cool place, great restaurant, clean, nice, good music, TVs, kind of a sports bar atmosphere. It's really cool. You'll enjoy it. Give them a call. The number is 727-581-1101. That's 727-581-1101. They have a website, too, which you can order online. So uh, if you're really, really hungry and you're in a hurry, go ahead and uh, Google yourpizzashop.com and place your order. And also, you always hear me talking about uh, the Rib Shack Barbecue. Uh, that's in downtown Largo off West Bay Drive. You know, I go there probably at least once a week. I love barbecue. Everybody's got to eat, you know. So when I talk about these stores, these shops, you know, I'm a fussy eater. I'm extremely picky. And if I push these guys on my radio show or if I talk about them, it's not only because they're just doing a little bit of advertising, but because their food's good, and I believe it. So it's an honest testimonial, okay? So check out the Rib Shack. Check out your pizza shop. And, uh, you know, have some good dinner, good food. It's great. You'll enjoy it. Also, I want to welcome uh, another new listener to our show, Greg Weiner. Greg has a little shop right up the street. Matter of fact, I just met him, oh, probably about a month or so ago. Um, as you guys all know, I'm in the car business, okay? And I buy and sell cars, parts, this, that, broker. I do diminished values. I do appraisals. Pretty much an uh, all-around car kind of guy. I do a lot of my own tinkering and stuff. I don't really do a lot of customer work or anything like that other than appraisals and diminished values. But I do have access to a... Uh, Flatbed rollback car carrier, if you will, mighty Ford diesel-powered F550, and occasionally I run junk cars. Well, I had a car here a while back, and I had, it was kind of late in the afternoon one day, and I had to get rid of it. So somehow I went to the scrapyard, and I just they closed, and I want I needed the truck off my or I needed the car off the back of my truck. So this lady at this uh, at the scrapyard said, "Well, why don't you get a hold of this guy named Greg? Give him a call, and you know maybe he can work something out with you." So I did, and it was like 5.30, 6 o'clock. You know, sometimes the scrapyards close a little bit early. So I went over, I introduced myself. He's right over here in uh, downtown Clearwater. Well, not really downtown Clearwater, but he's in the, kind of off to the north a little bit, and uh, he's right off Seminole Boulevard. But he's actually moving to a new location. But uh, Greg's big thing is, is he buys cars, and he hauls them, he scraps them, he stores them, he sells them, he fixes them, he does everything. So 
He's a really cool guy. He's a genuine guy. He's an honest guy. So, uh, Greg, here's a big plug for you. You know, I hope you're listening to the show tonight. And uh, I've been doing some side work for him here a little bit. So he's a great guy. But anyway, if you need, uh, if you got a junk car and you want to get rid of it, obviously I'm in the junk car business too. However, I'm plugging this guy right now because he's a cool dude. And uh, so give Greg a call at 727-504. That's 4695. That's 727-504-4695. He has a place to store the cars. I don't, unfortunately. I have to get them and I have to process them right away. But uh, he takes it to the next level. So you can also check out his website, uh, gregstowinggo.com. Anywho, while I'm on the subject about cars and towing, yesterday I actually did. I had to move a couple cars because Greg, my friend, is relocating from uh, downtown Clearwater, also in the hood. Actually, he's not too far from the radio studio. We're off Summit Boulevard. And uh, Cedric, what is that? What's the name of that stadium right up the street? Is that Jack Russell? Is that the name of it? Uh, Bright House Networks Field. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, is that what they call it now? Okay. I think so, yeah. Okay, well, in the old days, I think it was the Jack Russell Stadium. So anyway, so he's right across from them. And uh, But anyway, so yesterday I was towing some cars, and I hadn't put one on the Stinger in a while. And i got to tell everybody, when you see a truck going down the road that's loaded, okay, Unload is a little different issue, but loaded, keep in mind, don't cut those guys off. Give them some courtesy because rollbacks, heavy, you know, one-ton, two-ton trucks, you know, even though they've got a great set of brakes on them, they can't stop on a diamond. If they get cut off, you know, or if the light starts to turn yellow, watch the intersection. Read the road because these guys will come through there. They'll try to stop. In my case, I have beacons, so I can flip my yellow lights on, my emergency lights, if I have to. And if you see that, obviously, that's a caution light. That means be careful, you know, guys, you know, trying to take all the necessary precautions to make sure, you know, to we don't have any accidents or anything like that. But, you know, it's like yesterday. I hadn't towed a car, two cars in a while, because, like I said, I got one on the deck and one on the stinger. And I got cut off so many times between here and St. Pete. It was frustrating. It really was. I mean, I went up Drew Street right around the corner here from us, uh, hang a ride on, on – um, Keen, and then Keen. When you get the Gulf to Bay, there's kind of like a, it's three lanes, and then suddenly you lose the one lane because it turns off and goes uh, west on Gulf to Bay, and then you have to merge once you get on the opposite side on the uh, south side of uh, Gulf to Bay and and Keen. And people just do not give you the courtesy to kind of merge lanes, you know. And then also keep in mind, a lot of times, a lot of the trucks, myself included, primarily, I'm cautious, I'm careful, I drive a little slower. So if the speed limit might be, let's say, 45 or 50 miles an hour, I might run, you know, 5 to 10 miles an hour slower, knowing that in case I have to stop, okay, I want to be in a situation where I can stop and I have complete control of my vehicle, okay. And a light that's been green for a long time is considered a stale green light. you got to watch out because... If the light turns yellow, it's too late. It's going red real quick, and all hell breaks loose. In the Florida handbook, driver's handbook, it references stale green light. You watch the stale green lights. If the light's been green for quite a while, it's certain it's going to turn yellow. When it turns yellow, once you cross the line, technically that's okay. But if you cross that line and it turns red before you hit the line, that's a red light. Okay, So you definitely don't want to run that. That could result in some pretty serious metal bending and... um Ruin everybody's day. But anyway, I just want to say that. I don't know if you want to call this a PSA, a public service announcement. Yeah, brought to you by GolfstreamMotorsports.com. You know, watch out for the other guy, especially trucks. Just give them the latitude. Give them the courtesy, you know, because it's, uh, you know, we can't stop on a dime. When we're empty, we got huge brakes. I got giant disc brakes on the front of that truck. I got giant disc brakes on the back of my mighty Ford F550, okay, which is the largest uh, light-duty truck that you can buy, Ford, obviously, and it's diesel, okay? But, you know, I can't stop on a dime when I'm loaded, you know? I mean, I, I try to take the, the, the necessary precautions. So it's not just me, it's other guys out there. So when you see the trucks, because you can't see around them necessarily, give them the benefit of the doubt, give them a break, back off, let the guy, you know, if he's got his turn signal on, let him change left, let him change right, let him do what he's got to do until he's clear and he's back in his line. That's the term we use in racing, hold your line, then you make your move. You have to get around if he's going too slow or whatever, okay? So did I say that right, guys? Cedric, do you approve of that? I'm, I'm totally approving. You totally approve that. You know, every week I try to you know, tell a little story, but this is a real story. And uh, so, but anyway, but that's, you know, you know, one of those things that you've got to deal with on a day-to-day basis. As a matter of fact, everybody, you know, now we've got this crazy weather out there and the rain and stuff like that. You know, I don't care how good your tires are. You know, when it's rainy, you're going to hide your plane. You're going to lose adhesion. You know, just drive a little slower, a little more cautious, take a little extra time. It's not worth the aggravation. It's not worth getting in an accident. 
Right. Hey, we got a commercial come up. We're going to take a break here for a second. We're going to come back with our guests in a few minutes. And uh should be a good show. It's a very, very interesting person coming on here a little bit later. Hi, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. If you'd like to play golf, Magnolia Valley Golf Club is offering some specials this week. Give them a call up there at 727-847-2342. They have a 9-hole executive course, and they have an 18-hole par 72. And they've got great food on the 19th hole. So call my friend Pete at 727-847-2342. And be sure to tune in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Hey, this is Adam Ferrar from Top Gear, and you are listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Turn it up! presents The Car Coach, Lauren Fix. Here's an interesting fact. More women than men are making the decision to where to get the car fixed. So car repair men, don't talk down to us or give us this to read in the waiting room. Auto Service Plus gets that. How do I know? They sat through my training session. Isn't that right, Bill? Auto Service Plus. Service you can trust. Go to autoserviceplus.biz for a location near you. Hey, this is Tammy Edelbrock, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, we're back. You're tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and it's time to introduce our special guest for the evening. And there's been a couple of clues, okay? And, of course, as my regular listeners know, when I play uh, the shows, I always have uh, some clues. I play stuff that the guests like, you know, like the music or clips and things of that nature. But anyway, this lady that's coming on this afternoon has an amazing set of credentials. I mean, she's a consumer advocate, an automotive analyst, an author. She's been on Fox News, CNBC, Oprah, Regis and Kelly, CNN, The Weather Channel, it gives me great pleasure to welcome to the show this afternoon, America's car coach, Lauren Fix. Lauren, are you there? I am here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, you caught a plane, you left New York, and now you're in uh, Detroit, right? Yes, I am in Detroit. Yes, we are starting off the kickoff of the 50th anniversary of the Mustang, born April 17th, 1964. We love the Mustang so much, we named our daughter Shelby. So I am a little sick, I know. <laughs> nope, that's fine. I go for that. So tell us a little bit how you got into, how did you get hooked in cars? Well, my father, I'm originally from Dearborn, and my father worked for the big three automakers. He started Ford, then went to GM, and then Chrysler, and he lost his job, and we moved to uh, Buffalo, and he started a break room manufacturer for collector cars. We'll start off with Corvettes and helping my dad in the garage since I was 10 years old, saying, you know, what are you doing? 
changing the clutch or bleeding brakes or whatever it may be. And I said, can I help? And the garage, he had a 67 Corvette, the 327, 350, very light colored yellow. And we had a Barracuda, which was a convertible with a 383 slapstick, which is my mother's car. And then he also had a Thunderbird and a boat. So there was always something to work on. And so every weekend I'd go out in the garage and said, I didn't play with dolls. I was more of a tomboy with matchbox cars. I'd say, what are you doing? And can I help? And he always said, yeah, sure. So I got into it pretty heavily. By the time I was 50, I bought my first car. It was a 76 Camaro with a 305, which I didn't own for long. I had about 10 coats of wax on it when I first got it. But, uh, you know, you can't drive it until you're 16. So I had to do something. Let you know, change the oil, <laughs> 10 coats of wax. Uh, but when I took it to my first autocross when I turned 16, which was about five months after I got my license, um, I got my license in February, and by June I was autocrossing, I realized it wasn't a competitive car. So I sold it and bought a 79 Mustang with a 302 in it, and I started winning autocrosses and got into racing. So I've raced Trans Am cars and uh, Roush Vintage Trans Am cars. I raced an SECA autocross. Solo ones, um, the driving schools, drag race, anything to do with cars. So my whole life has been cars. And then my whole life continues as I met my husband, who, while he was in college working at a Ford dealership. And I was working with my dad at a breaker manufacturing company that I no longer own. I used to own part of a company called Stainless Steel Brakes. Really? And, uh, yeah. And then my husband and I started Classic Tube in 1989. We make prevent stainless braided hoses. And hard lines, brake lines, two lines, train lines for collector cars, custom cars, street rods, rat rods, you name it. And uh, so my life continues with cars. So my husband and I met each other because of cars. He had a 65 Shelby and I had an 85 Mustang that I had totally modified and I was racing. And uh, we met each other at a cruise night. And uh, our first date was to the drags. So <laughs> it's been cars my whole life. Well, that is cool. Well, t- back up a second. So you're talking about stainless steel brake. The company makes like all the stainless steel calipers and brakes and rotors and all yep. that stuff for the Mustang. Yep. Really? You got your part owner in that company? Uh, well, my father started it and he was only doing Corvette. Really? And in 1980, I said to him, you know, we should do Mustangs. I have a friend uh, who works at a Ford dealership who's got a problem with leaking brakes too. And all he was doing was Corvettes. And we had just built the build, the first building. And he said, you know what? We can do um, Mustang calipers, too. So we started doing Mustang. And I took it to the first Shelby convention in Detroit in 1980 in June. And I stood there with a stand with brakes. And a friend of mine who's really big into Mustangs, Bob Alberto, he still writes for Mustang Monthly, uh, said to me, I would put these on one of my cars, but I don't have disc brakes. So I was a junior in high school. And I came home and told my dad, we need to create a way to put disc brakes on a car that's got drums. He said, yeah, well, if you can figure that out. So I did. And as a junior in high school that summer, I developed the first drum to disc brake conversion kit. And uh, I developed on my own. I bought all the inventory I could that was left over and developed the first drum to disc, front disc drum to uh, disc brake conversion kit, which still is sold today by the company, which I no longer own. I sold out in 96. And then we expanded into Mopars and import cars. And, and then I developed a rear disc kit for uh, Fox Body Cars, 79 uh, seven, 79 all the way up to uh, 89, 90 cars for the rear disc kit. So we were putting the Varga caliper on it, which is the caliper that was on the Super Coupe, the SHO. And uh, that went for a while, and we developed all kinds of other disc brake kits for 9-inch axles. I had prototype stuff on my car because I was doing my own prototyping. So my whole life has been cars. I'm like one of the guys. I just, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not a guy, but I am one of the guys. Wow. i got to tell you, I'm impressed. I really am. I mean, that's cool. That's cool. Well, you know, it's funny because you talked about the 65, 66 Mustangs, and what a lot of people don't realize on the V8 cars, the spindles on a 5 and a 6, the drum brake and disc brake spindles are the same. The problem is the caliper brackets are different. So Right. Um, There's no bracket on the drum brake. Is a no. Full time and the 5 bolts still the same, but we I created a kit that also allowed you add the spindles because a six-cylinder comes with a four-lug bolt right. pattern and a V8 comes with a five. So a lot of people wanted to convert because the drum brakes are just so unsafe, especially when it's raining. So we came up with adding spindles to the kit. Either that or you can just go find some spindles out of a junkyard from 65 to 67, and those spindles from a V8 would work. Mm-hmm. It was easy as bolting on the mounting bracket, the backing shield, the caliper, Mounting bolts, brake pads, hardware, we created whatever you couldn't get. Rubber hoses, change the master from a single to a dual if you wish, or go from the screw cap to the clip top, and pretty much that plus a proportion valve and a distribution block, and you're ready to go. You know, I, I got to tell you, this is so odd talking to a girl. No offense, I mean, but you're a girl. But, and you know, you know I mean, I, be, I used to be in the Mustang parts business, so I specialize in Mustang, but you're naming off every part. When I hear you talk about backing plates and, and I know, spindles. I can, list the, and, I can list the 
board members. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, that is really, really cool. You know, I mean, it's like, and it's like, as soon as you do it, it's like, for me, it's second nature. I go right into that mode. I mean, that is really neat. Yeah, thanks. Because that's my whole life. I used to answer the phones at my dad's place, and every guy would answer, you know, I'd call, and they'd say, you know, Stanley, so breaks, can I help you? And they go, yeah, can I talk to you? A guy, you know, what he's talking about? I'm like, you're talking to the national sales manager and the person who designed this kit. What do you need? And they'd be like, okay, and then it was the quiz. Well, I've got a six-cylinder. Tell me about it. It was like, okay, you want to play that game? So the problem with a girl in this business is we can't just answer the question of like, oh, it's four lug, you're going to five lug, it's simple as a spindle. I have to get into the details because otherwise you can't qualify yourself. But once you do, you create an interesting following of people that only want to talk to you. And I've met other women in the business. There was a girl um, named Ray who used to work in the Pantera business. I used to have a Pantera. And, man, this girl knew her stuff. I'd call and say, you know, I'm, I'm working on a clutch and it's leaking. She goes, oh, you need seal number whatever. And I had a 72 Pantera and an 83 Pantera, so it was really kind of cool to talk to another girl who really knew cars because women in this business are, all, even today, are still kind of questioned a little bit like, okay, are you just reading off a script or do you really know what you're talking about? And I, I feel that I really know what I'm talking about. I've been doing this my whole life. Tell me about your Pantera. Did you autocross those I, cars or they were just um, uh, drivers? I had a 72 Pantera. I ripped the engine out. It was terrible. It was a mess. That rust proofing is such a nightmare. And we scraped down all the rust proofing, put in a stainless steel firewall, which I still have a lovely scar on my hand from that project. Uh, um, and we put in, we redid the motor. We used tall Pantera components. Uh, we didn't make it all chromed up and all modified. I really kind of wanted it to just be clean uh, and a little bit modified. So it was a 351 Cleveland on that car. Cleaned it up real nicely. You know, so it was. We painted the the uh, engine bay, so it didn't have all that icky rust proofing. And I drove the car, and I realized what I really wanted was a later model one because they were starting to come out. So I sold the car to George Stauffer, who at the time was probably one of the number one collectors of Panteras. Yeah, Wisconsin. Uh, He's in Madison. Yeah, Madison, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. I drove to Madison, traded in my sold my seventy two on probably Hemming ages ago, before the internet was far from what it is now, and bought an eighty three Pantera, a GT five. It was owned Ooh. by Hank Carlini, who was the vice president of Chrysler. He had brought it across when Chrysler bought Di Tommaso, and it had a Pentastar on it, and he didn't like the color red that it was, and he had Chrysler Corporation paint it black. And if, in certain spots, if you got like a little chip like underneath the weather stripping, like when you open the door, you could see it was still red. They hadn't like stripped the red off. They just painted black on top of it. So it was a black, black car with the wing and the GT5 flares. It was awesome. That car was just awesome. I loved that car. I had it on the track at Watkins Glen. That thing was like a slot car. It had more capability than a driver. It just just squatted down and went. It was perfectly balanced 50-50. Although, compared to today's technology, we're talking about like 88. That was probably pretty 89, 90. That was pretty antiquated technology to what we have now. But at the time, that car really went. It was a rocket ship. And the funny thing is I took it to driving schools. I had that car. I put so many miles on that thing. And it was sad to see it go. But it was at a point was about ready to be restored. And I would say that it was about 1996 I finally sold it. I had it for 10 years. I never keep cars that long. Yeah, that car was just a personal, it was a personal favorite of, of the cars I've had over the years. One of the many. Now, the GT5, that actually had a little bit different suspension underneath it than the earlier U.S. Uh, oh, yeah. Car. It was, and the 5S, a lot of them were built by Amerisport. So that was a whole other animal. They came in and pieces so they could bypass some of the emissions uh-huh. and some of the crash test readings, and they were built by a guy out of Ohio. But um, post that point, the next vehicle I purchased was a 63 Cobra, an original Cobra. It was uh-huh. CSX 2051, and at that time, we're talking into 1993. That's a woman sector car, right? Yeah, it was a woman sector car. We did not change it. It was a 260 car. The 260 engine had blown up, and we put a 289 in it when we got it. Um, it was a really unusual car. It raced at Sebring in 63. And I raced it until uh, Labor Day weekend of 93. And how I know that specifically was I was pregnant. And I was racing in vintage with a car. And no one said a thing because the general competition rules never said you can't race while pregnant because there weren't many women. And, you know, so the GCRs or the general competition rules never stated that. So um, ESPN was doing Speed Channel 2 way back when. And they came over in ESPN 2 and they came over and said, Hey, you know, we, this is pretty cool, girl racing a Cobra. And I said, and I'm pregnant. And they're like, oh, my God. So I got ESPN that way. And uh, the people running the event came up to me and said, um, you can't race while pregnant. And I handed them the GCRs and said, you find it in their words because you can't. 
Well, after that race, they told me I couldn't race anymore. And as of September 93, Labor Day weekend, there's now a rule that says you cannot race while pregnant, thanks to me. So my son <laughs> loves to tell everybody because I was, my daughter was already born by then. It was my son. So yeah, he's 19 now. So he loves telling everyone that he, he because of him, there's a rule in the rule book. So. <laughs> well, you know, that's interesting, too, because generally that's how rules come about in the first place because they caught somebody cheating or doing something that's they me. didn't like. And then they said, all right, well, that ain't fair. So let's just make a rule that says you can't do that. And then. Right. Exactly. So now you got to just uh, you know come up with another way to kind of beat the system, so to speak. That's interesting. Well, I'm, d- I'm done with the kids. I've got two. I'm done, done. I got dogs, and that's it. They're in college. <laughs> I'm about that. Okay, so your daughter's I, name is Shelby. What's your son's name? He's Paul Fix the Third. My Paul? husband is Paul Fix the Second. It's okay. my real last name. Everybody asks if Fix is my last name. I made it up, or it's a stage name. No, I tell my husband I married the right guy, and he says, "Keep telling yourself that." <laughs> 23 years now, so I do have the right guy. He's, uh, you may know him from racing in Trans Am. Uh, he started in vintage racing with old 65 Shelbys and it was a front runner. And then we bought a Roush uh, Trans Am car, one of the early ones, chassis number 12. And we had, we had 11, 12, and 13. They were the most winningest uh, Roush Trans Am cars. So if you remember the motorcraft cars that won one, two, three, yeah. we had two of those. Really? So, and uh, the other one's owned by a friend of mine in Pennsylvania. And um, we ra- I raced Robert Lapalainen's car, and he raced the other Roush car, and he beat the field by 16 seconds at Watkins Glen. And the person in charge came up to us and said, you know what, you better find another series because you're way too fast. This is not racing. This is just vintage. So he decided at that point in 2000 to go pro racing, and he raced in Trans Am in a Mustang. At one point, it was a Jaguar, but he raced in a Mustang sponsored by Classic Tube, which is our company, uh, also sponsored by Buca de Beppo. We were sponsored by uh, Kimpton Group Hotels. Uh, we had Royal Purple on board, um, Eastside Mario's. We, we, were, we were just having a great time. He raced for six years in Trans Am, did very well. Um, and now he's back to it, believe it or not, running a Corvette. So we've gone to the dark side in Tony Ave's Corvette, and he won first place at Lime Rock in the rain and second place at uh, Watkins Glen. And unfortunately, at Road America, we had a motor issue, so... We will see what the next race brings, but he's racing this weekend at Mid-Ohio, so we're pretty excited. In a Mustang, we're back in a Roush car this weekend. Can I, is it, would it be fair to say that you are a Ford girl at heart? I like Fords, and I like German cars. I, my personal vehicles are German cars. Oh. I'm a huge Audi fan. I have a, an yes. Audi RS5, okay. which I picked up in Europe, and I love it. Um, the best part about it was we did European delivery, which I highly recommend anyone that buys a German car that's built there. We picked it up in Ingolstadt and uh, drove it all around Germany for two weeks including on Nürburgring. Got to do the track if you're there. Totally worth the time. It's a little crazy. So you really have to pay attention because people are passing you in bikes and in cars. And But it was a great experience. And then we had the car shipped back, and I love it. It's Panther Black. I special ordered it. And uh, my daughter drives an Audi S4, although she also owns a Mustang. And uh, my son has a John Cooper Works Mini Cooper, which I totally love and is a rocket ship on the track. Wow. And uh, my husband drives a Porsche Cayenne diesel along with a Ford truck. So, <laughs> so we've got Fords and German cars. So. <laughs> Good girl. Achtung, ich spreche Deutsch. Yes. My father was born in Vienna, Austria, so uh, the European cars are part of our, our blood. But I've had Italian cars. I've had Ferraris. I've had Japanese cars. I've had Datsuns. I've had Nissans and um a lot of different cars, and you know, and I think that a lot of manufacturers build some great quality vehicles. I test drive vehicles all the time. I just drove the Kia Cadenza, which I think is an amazingly built vehicle. Um, I think the Koreans have really stepped up their game, and they're selling cars, and that's proving that their quality is there and their longevity as far as a long, uh, long warranty. I want to get to that in a minute, but uh, I'm going to go jump back to racing a little bit. Now, you've raced, you've vintage raced quite extensively there for a number of years, mm-hmm. and and I got to tell you, I'm down here in Florida, but my my I'm from California originally. My favorite track is either Sears Point and Laguna Seca. Um, But I got my license at Road Atlanta. What I like about tracks like Road Atlanta, Sears Point, and uh, Seca is, um, and I like Watkins Glen, and at Lime Rock is, I like the topo. See, in Florida, it's just flat too flat, you know. Yeah, that is a flat. It's got to have hills. Watkins Glen is my absolute favorite track. Um, best as I've gone around there has been well over 170, and that's in a Trans Am car. Uh, we have the Entrepreneur car, and uh, you can open up down the back street and run out of gear. You know, and it's amazing. We use straight-cut gears, you know, Hewland uh, gearboxes. We used to use Weissman. <laughs> 
these are these are real serious cars. Seven hundred and fifty horsepower. I mean, these are rocket ships, and I tell you what, it's nothing like driving one of those. I raced Shelby's and Mustangs for years, but forget vintage. You get into these Roush cars, they're like getting in a slot car, like an old Hot Wheels car. You know, you put it on the orange track and watch it go. Yeah, these are awesome. You just pitch the car and gas it, and it just goes. And they're a blast to drive, and wickedly large brakes. You can stop the car on a dime. So. There's nothing but uh, a blast to drive. And I love going out with the guys. You know, I'm beating up Ferraris and Porsches and passing them on the inside line, and she's got the bigger cojones. So it's always fun. They never expect that it's a girl till later, and they're like, who's driving that car? And I go, I am. And they're like, really? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, sir. (laughs) Now, your hubby drives the Corvette and the Mustang on and off. So, like, uh, the Corvette's a little bit faster, right, than the Mustang? Um, yeah, he was doing 190 at the Glen on the back stretch. Okay. Uh, he, somebody got him on a gun because obviously you're not looking at, you're not calculating in your head while you're driving because there's no speedometer on real race cars. There's just a tachometer and you just don't, you know, go over a red line. So, um, they were able to get him on a radar gun to see that he was doing 190, which is pretty intense. As far as the handling, the vet and the Mustang, pretty, pretty close? I've not driven, uh, Tony, obviously, but Tony was a Trans Am driver for many years, and I guarantee you that thing's got to handle even better than, uh, well, the Roush Trans Am car is back from 91. Oh, okay, okay. And an older vehicle versus a a current production Trans Am car, which is just that little bit more. When we sold our last Trans Am car, which is the Entrepreneur Mustang, it is that much better than the Roush car. I mean, you can get in both cars and, and definitely sense the tighter handling, the more rigid chassis, the bigger brakes, just the technology, everything that you're seeing that's in the NASA space shuttles is definitely being transferred to the Trans Am cars. What you're seeing in Formula One, what you're seeing in IndyCar, that is absolutely being applied not just to production cars, but to race cars that are out there now. And like, for example, Group 6, which is all Mustangs and Camaros and Corvettes, that you're seeing in SVRA or HSR, which is vintage. There are people that were out there that couldn't, you know, they, I would just to give you a time idea, they couldn't do better than 205 around Watkins Glen on the full course, and they're doing two minutes flat. And how do you get five seconds faster? Well, it can't be aerodynamics because you can't change your body structure. So it's got to be performance of the engines, lightweight components, bigger brakes so you can go in deeper and come out hotter. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking about better handling, better bushings. As technology evolves, and you can apply that, and there's no rules that stop it or you're dancing in the gray areas, or some people that cheat, they're running trash control and straight-cut gears. It's illegal, but people are doing it, and that's, that's it becomes cubic dollars, not cubic inches gotcha. at some point. That's and you, got, you have to kind of look at it and say, where do I say this is enough? So that's why we stepped into the Group 10, Group 11 with the Roush Trans Am cars, because the rules are different. You can go with the newer technology bushings and components, and you're not cheating. And I, I, we don't believe in cheating. And when my husband ran in Trans Am, everybody was running trash control. We weren't. And that caused Paul not to be a first place the way we'd win in the GT1 class. He'd always win because they weren't cheating. But there's some of the front runners, you know, they either own the series, they had a big investment in the series, they were big players in the series. And even though they'd rip their cars down, these people, you know, they'd have them in traction control or TC, as we call it, you know, in an iPhone in their pocket. You know, it was just, it got to the point where you had to decide where is the line in the sand for dollars. I don't have a half a million dollars to invest into a vintage Trans Am car or, for that matter, a production Trans Am car. Uh, it just didn't make sense. And, you know, there's no TV package and the, and the dollars for the winning is more ego than anything else. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's just the way it is. Hey, let's talk yeah. about... Let's talk about the car coach. How did that come about and what you do as a automotive analyst, a- analyst, I say that word wrong all the time, analyst, <laughs> an author. Tongue twister. Tongue twister. That, that, you're right. Exactly. Uh, I mean, you're on TV from time to time. Uh, so tell us a little bit about the car coach aspect of Lauren Fix. Well, um, in 1996, I was working for my dad, answering the phones, doing what I was doing. I was already out of college. I had worked for Arthur Anderson for a short period of time, which is now out of business, so it's a good thing I didn't stay there. Um, and I got a call from Motor Week to be a guest on the show to talk about brakes. And a friend of mine, Craig Singhouse, who's an awesome guy, um, said, listen, you should come out and talk about brakes on air. So I did. And he pulled me aside afterwards and said, you know what? You should be a dealer trainer. I go, what the heck is a dealer trainer? And he says, as these new cars come out, you can talk to the, to the press, you can talk to the dealers, explain the new cars. I had a marketing and business degree, and I had tons of engineering background. You can then go out and talk about this stuff, and they pay really well. Well, I won't tell you what it paid, but it was like, damn, I'm doing that. So my father said, yeah, go out, see what it's like. I went out and did the first one was like escort, so it's been a long time. I, in 96, I went out and just did a, you know, chasing down pylons in a parking lot after journalists knocked them down. And I said, I can't believe I have a degree and I'm chasing down pylons. 
in a parking lot. So I went to the person running the event. I said, how do I get to be inside? Talking about my marketing skills. I did advertising, PR, promotion. I designed and developed. I knew how to run machines. I knew all about cars. And she said, well, we'll give you a shot. So they gave me a shot in Oklahoma City. It was right after Oklahoma City had the bombing. It was a very quiet crowd, and I got them laughing. And they pulled me aside and said, you're good. We're moving you inside. So... That led to, in nine, later on in 96, I was at, it was during that, that uh, January, I was at the Detroit Auto Show, and I got a phone call from Harpo. And I thought it was a joke, because my new cell phones in 96 aren't what they are now. If someone calls you long distance, you better decide if it's someone important to answer. So I answered the phone, and they said they were from Harpo, and I thought it was one of my friends teasing me, because everyone likes to give me a tough time. And uh, it was just my friends, you know, I think they're playing a game. But it really was Oprah's people, and I got to be on Oprah. And uh, we filmed the segment. In January, after a huge snowstorm, and she wanted to know how to drive in the winter, and that led to other opportunities. Someone saw me at the Today Shows, and the Today Shows on CNN, and it sort of evolved. And I called a friend of mine uh, who's a well-known author out of Florida named Tom Corcoran, and I said, I'd love to get a book out there to sort of support my knowledge. So my first book is called Driving Ambitions, and it's a how to get involved in different types of racing, whether it's drag racing or autocross or road rallies or car shows or driving schools. And it has a glossary for each section because they're all different. And uh, that sort of led to my second book. And after that, mind you, I was looking at a Mac Classic. We're not even talking about a color computer. It was a black and white with disc <laughs> So it took like a year to write the first book. Um, that, and as the TV stuff evolved, uh, I got to be on the road with Oprah for six weeks for the Live Your Best Life Tour. And I started realizing after talking to her people that there's so many women out there that have a huge impact on cars that aren't getting their message out, aren't getting educated, aren't being empowered. And I sort of took that on myself to blaze a trail that hadn't been blazed, that be a female on TV, to talk about cars, to educate people. And uh, I've had my own show on the DIY Network. We did four years with a gentleman named Steve Ford, who was known as the car guy. So we had Steve Ford and Lauren Fix. Everyone thought we both made up our names. <laughs> and uh, that sort of led to uh, other TV work. I'm now the automotive con- uh, expert for Time Warner Cable News known as either YNN or Time Warner Cable News, uh, that runs coast-to-coast coast as the car coach, and I am the car coach. Um, and uh, I also work with the Weather Channel, Fox News, Fox Business Channel, CNN International, CNN. I'm usually on a national hit at least once a week. Today I was on the Weather Channel. Um, I have a radio with you. I have a radio tomorrow. I'm always doing radio things. I work with USA Radio Networks, and we're working on my own radio show right now. I've got uh, two possible opportunities. So there's a, a lot happening. Uh, plus, I write for eBay Motors. I write for AOL Autos. Um, I'm constantly writing for magazines. So it's become nothing. My whole business working for my dad is long gone. I sold out in 98. Uh, my husband's business, I don't even have a desk there anymore. I do. I am still the vice president of Classic, too. But I work out of the house when I'm home with the dogs. The kids are off to college, and I wander the countryside test driving cars and educating and empowering uh, people of all walks of life so that they don't have buyer's remorse. They learn to love cars like we do, which led to my third book, Lauren Fix's Guide to Loving Your Car. And you can buy that on my website at Lauren Fix. I have a jewelry line. Uh, This July 7th, I'll be on QVC uh, working with Fix-A-Flat, talking about the new Ultimate One stuff. It's very cool if you don't know how to change a flat tire or you know someone that doesn't know how to change a flat tire. Um, and uh, I'm just running around the country, and I'm really honored and blessed and grateful for what I do. Wow. <laughs> you are one busy person. That's amazing. That is that's incredible. Now, you talk, you mentioned the, you mentioned the jewelry. Talk about that, because you and I talked about that a little bit earlier. I thought that was kind of interesting, and, and, and for the listeners, I'll let you explain to, it, explain to them how it it's works. It's a long story, actually. My father used to have a drill press and all kinds of equipment in the garage, and when you have a drill press go down, it's like drilling into metal, because my father used to make hood ornaments and stuff with a guy named Don Summer. Who, they used to do like the old Rolls Royces and restore them and replace them and repair them, and he used to have pieces of aluminum, and I would run them between my fingers, you know, those little curly pieces of metal, and I used to yep. cut my fingers. He used to yell at me all the time, and I'd pick up these needle bearings, and I would play with them, because they were cool, because they could, like, roll on your fingers, and he used to get so mad at me. Don't put, them, put your oils from your fingers on the bearings, because then when I pack them, the grease isn't going to stick to them. So that sort of stuck in my head, and at one point, someone said, you should create your own product line. So besides the books, I have an emergency kit line, and then I said, I should do jewelry, because I always wear mechanical jewelry. You know, I wear things uh, that are made of stainless braided hose from our Stop Flex line at Classic Tube. So I'll, I'll steal some tubing and turn it into a bracelet or something. My husband's like, you're not. But I found you very that I liked. And I liked the shape and the size. And I put it around a necklace. And I've been wearing it on television. If you look at any of my 
segments on TV, you'll see that I always wear my needle-bearing necklace. And it got to the point that people would start asking me, how do I get one of those? I'm like, well, I've made it. So hence, I'm now selling them at a reasonably price, uh, you know, on uh, my website. And they were kind of cool when you watch other people wear them. They're like, oh, my God, that's one of my necklaces. <laughs> so it's kind of neat that I've expanded the product line, and I always add new things and always, always just looking for something different. I never know what that path will be, and that's kind of the coolest part about what I do is every day I work for a common goal for everybody, and I never know what door is going to open and find myself doing something I didn't know, like making jewelry. So now I just got to make a whole product line for QVC, I guess. <laughs> Yes, that would be fascinating. Now, Classic Tube, tell us, tell the listeners a little bit about what that company is. Classic Tube makes preformed brake fuel and transmission lines. That's how we started. Uh, my husband and I started literally bending tubes in our family room. I would come home from working at stainless steel brakes and hold the tubes, and my husband would bend them, and then I'd do the accounting, and then we both crash for the night. Um, he, um, My husband had worked at stainless steel brakes for a short period of time and said to my dad, hey, listen, we should make tubes for other cars other than just Corvette trilling arm lines. And he said, nah, you're never going to make any money at that. So he said, I'm going to take a chance at it. He goes, well, don't come back. Well, that motivated us to really put the hammer down for us to uh, make this work. And we did. We really worked hard. This isn't successful. We started in 1989. In January of 89, we got married in October of that year. So um, we sold a bunch of cars that we had, uh, 68 Shelby and some snowmobiles, in order to, to fund our first machine. And um, we have, we're now, uh, oh, my God, we probably have 12 machines. We run two shifts. We make tubing for all those little ugly trucks that deliver your mail, those little Grumman trucks. We make all the tubing products for that. Plus, we do some current production. And if you've got a late model Chevy truck, and you've had problems with your brake lines and there's a recall on them, and you go to the dealer, you know what they're going to tell you. Here's a roll of tubing. We can bend it up for you. And they can't do it right. We actually are supplying all the Chevy truck tubing to all the Chevy dealers. Wow. So, And there's millions of trucks that are being recalled. And if you're not sure which ones, you can call Classic Tube. It's really easy to find at ClassicTube.com. We list that. We also make DOT, which means they're totally legal, six-layer stainless steel braided hoses. So you're you know, raising your truck up, you're slamming it down the ground, you're building an awesome street rod or rat rod, something custom, you know, you're chopping and channeling it and you need new brake hoses, give us a call. We can make anything you want, and it's hard lines or flexible hoses. We even sell exhaust tubing pieces because that's become a, a demand from our customers, and you demand it, we make it. Uh, when I was home having, after Shelby was born, I, my husband said, do you want to be a stay-at-home mom? I said, not a chance. He said, what do you want to do? I said, I want to add more product to the business. So we <laughs> added aluminum tube lines. I'm <laughs> really nuts, I know. We added aluminum tube coils. So now you can buy what used to be Moroso coils. We supply every single supplier in the country with quarter-inch and three-eighths and half-inch aluminum tube for your race car. Wow. Laura, I want to thank you very much for coming on the show. We're just about out of time, and I have so many more questions. Would you be willing to come on again sometime? Absolutely. Okay. Super. All right, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Be sure and check out our website, GolfstreamMotorsports.com. Don't forget to like us on Facebook. In the meantime, everybody, stay safe, drive carefully, love your family, and we'll see you at some of the car shows. school, but there's a fella in there who'll pay you $10 if you sing into his can. Downtown Dave. I'm not here to make a record, you dumb cracker. It broadcast me out on the radio. WTAN, Clearwater, Tampa Bay. WDCF, Dade City, Tampa Bay. WZHR, Zephyr Hills, Tampa Bay. Listen.